Hello, people. I'm going to talk between the, the words. <laughs> this is Cody Jinx. The song is Cast No Stones. How you doing, Zach? I'm doing good, man. It's a Monday. It is. And here we go. Listen to this guy. You like it? Do you like it, oh, by yeah. the way? You know Cody Jinx, right? I know of Cody Jinx. I'm not a yeah big follower, but I, I like this. Oh, well, you should be. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I typically pick this, the, the tunes on purpose, right? And I'm, yes. I'm guessing a little bit, but I'm kind of adding up some adjectives for today's guest as to why I chose this guy. Uh, all kind of partially Wikipedia and geography combined. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, we're back, Soccer Dad Pod, with another stellar intro that's really convoluted, and you're wondering, what the hell are these guys doing again this week? Um, super excited for today's, today's show. We've got literally world-class guests with us today, but we're going to make them sit here and stare at us and wait for a little bit and <laughs> wonder, what the hell did I get myself into? Uh, he'll figure that out in a little bit. Um, good weekend. Uh, we... Um, my number three, Mad Max, in his 2013 premiere, White, headed out to Kansas City, the uh, anti-soccer capital of America. Uh, rolled through a handful of those Prairie Town teams and walked away with the medals. How was your weekend, by the way? It was good. So, City Academy, U15s, pretty easily handled Indiana Fire U15. Yeah, the others that stayed on the other side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but otherwise, and then you got the city game, two city games, City 1 and City 2. Yeah. City 2 ended in a dramatic fashion with two 16-year-olds connecting for a game-tying goal yeah. in the 94th minute, and then City 1 with their fifth straight win, tying only Sporting KC, and uh, I think... Seattle yeah. uh, with five wins in a row. Not just five unbeaten, which Cincinnati has that right now as well, but five wins yeah. in a row, 12, 15 points. But it took Kansas City a few more years than year one to get there, right? Uh, yeah, it took yeah. Um, 12 plus six. This is the official Kansas City <laughs> bashing years. hour, if you haven't <laughs> noticed yet. So, <laughs> uh, Real quick, between you and I, and then we'll clearly talk about the team in a little bit with our guests, but... Um, um, we watched the game in the hotel after getting kicked out of the lobby, uh, getting kicked out of the other lobby. Um, yeah, no true story. And then we borrowed a TV from one of our rooms and got into the conference room that we weren't supposed to be in. You know, real quality acts by a group of parents and adults. Sounds <laughs> familiar. Yeah. But yeah. no, it was good. No, Nobody was harmed in the uh, taping of that show. Um Watching that though, it's just it's it's to the point where all of our uh, second guessing, uh, preseason going through, wondering, fears, etc. It's kind of at the point now for me where I'm like, whatever. I, I like this team. I like the way they play. Just keep doing what you're doing. It's fun. We all know that they're going to stumble. It's inevitable. Everybody does. Uh, whether it's uh, on their own or due to injury or whatever, it's going to come. But right now, it hasn't came. Um, it's been fun. You know, where were you when you watched? I was at home, actually, watching with my family. And oh, yes, that's right. It was it was fun. I mean, I just, I've enjoyed watching how they play. I've enjoyed watching pundits 
change their tune <laughs> week <laughs> after week after All week. Um, and it is inevitable that things are going to change. I mean, it would be great to go undefeated, but that's not likely to happen ever. But I think that what they have put out on the field is still a fun, high-quality MLS team. And yeah. would they compete globally? Probably not, <laughs> but maybe. I guess maybe we'll see the summer when... Um, Who, the dogs or the ravioli boys or... <sighs> Yeah, it's, that's that just that's that talk has to stop. As well, yeah, it? I, I, it's not something that takes up much of my brain time or well, space. Well, before we ruin ruin any more of our guests' brain time, uh, we are <laughs> six minutes in here. I told him around five minutes we would do a quick roll in and and start our conversation. Uh, we might as well just shift straight over into stay in the MLS world for a little while because he did for a long time. Um, I'm just going to get right to the point because if you're in your car, you see his name on your screen anyway under the episode title. Surprise! Surprise! It's Brad Davis. Brad, how are you, man? I'm doing great, fellas. I'm doing great. Appreciate you uh, taking your precious time away from the park here and uh, your your staff um, to chat with us. Um, you know, you you are. Um, Clearly, one of the one of the best St. Louis has ever had. So I just want to put that out there first. Say, congratulations on stellar career and, and the path. Um, Appreciate it. Yeah. So let, let's let's go to let's start at the end first. You know, we were just talking about City uh, and the five and zero start and mm-hmm. this particular team and kind of the joking on the naysayers. Uh, quick gut reaction. You know, if, you, you, if somebody bumps into you, you know, friend from afar from your playing days says, man, what about that St. Louis team of yours? What's your reply at this point? What do you think about the team? They're good. <laughs> they're good. No, they're, they're, they're fun. They're exciting. They got a group of uh, – 5-0 isn't – you know, it really doesn't come by accident. You know, there's a lot of conversations about a lot of luck and things like that um, going on. I'll be the first one to admit I've never seen anything like this, like Klaus scoring another – the third goal like that, that that's been yeah. – that, that's been a pass back. And, and those things rolling around, however – they also scored three other goals um, right. in their last game that were that were all right as well. Um, but uh, you can tell it's a relentless group. You know, there's a lot of unproven. No, I don't want to say unproven. Uh, unproven MLS uh, players. There's a lot of European names. Like I don't want to say not proven, but uh, unknown to the MLS. Let's say that. Sure. Um, definitely proven players, but unknown to the MLS. And then you have some uh, younger kids. You know, that haven't had the opportunity or been with teams that haven't had the opportunity. Some chips on their shoulders. Have something to prove. Um, and it's a perfect environment for them to go out and do it because no, you know, everybody put them at the bottom of the tables from the from the beginning of the year. Yeah. And when you do that, you have nothing to hold back, right? You, right. you have everything to go out and, and improve and nothing, nothing to worry yeah, about. I think it's interesting because one path they could have taken was, yeah, we are going to be the bottom of the table. Let's just go out there. Let's work on our style. Let's try to figure some things out. Let's see who's going to really rise above mm-hmm. and and become. And they said, nah, hell, no, no, we're just going to go out and beat the shit out of everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and and they've done it. And, I mean, you have such an amazing career in this league. And I, I love your perspective on just kind of the makeup of the different players that we have. Because they are new to the MLS. Mm-hmm. So do you think that the style that they've brought 
and and the the type of player, whether it's the European player or South American or homegrown, do you think that that has led to it, or do you think it's the the strategy? What what are your thoughts on how they got to this point? So <clears throat> one of the things that uh, I was talking about the other night was there's a lot of teams that have played in a high press. A high press yeah. system is not new. Right. All right, let's let's put that out there. It's not it's not a new thing. Um, but the thing is, is they have um, experienced players, not in this league, European leagues, whatever it is, that have been in in high pressure environments, high pressure situations. Right. Right. So they know how to handle. They know what's coming down the line. They're not caught off guard by anything. Right. You have a guy in Roman Berkey. You know, heard pre- of it. heard of him. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good, good keeper. Yeah. He's shown pretty well so far. Yeah. You know, this year, but having that that type of experience mixed in with what you're talking about in regards to the younger, they're not afraid to play the younger kids. They're not afraid to give these opportunities to the younger players. I mean, when you look at the first team, then you look at City 2. You just mentioned two 16-year-olds yep. coming from our community, yep. connecting on a goal in the second the second game. Then you go down into the academy. You know, it, it's a it's a constant funnel. The players are here, but the first team is made up of guys that have been around the block. They're not new to soccer, right, right? Right. And when you put those pieces in of, of of the veteran experience coming from European leagues into the MLS, and then you have the young kids that have played in MLS that haven't really been nurtured or had the opportunity to play with their teams in MLS for whatever reason it is, and then you add the young kids that this is their first opportunity, they don't have any other way to think or to go out and play besides what those veterans right pass along to them and it's really easy to mold somebody like that and especially when you're having success it's that much easier and things are going and things are going really well right and you have you have a unique ability to talk about this because technically you were part of an expansion team as well now san jose became dynamo right yes and you You went you were right he is the cerebral one huh i look (laughs) see his notes I just have down here three kids, Hunter, you know. <laughs> no, but I think it's interesting because you 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 went to San Jose and then they became Houston Dynamo, which was technically viewed by the league as an expansion team. Mm-hmm. So you started a club in Houston. So you've you've gone through this. Yep. What do these guys have to look forward to or expect kind of coming out of this honeymoon phase? So, I mean, the things you're going to see, you mentioned it. At some point, they're going to lose. How are they going to right. face the adversity? Right. Right? Um, you know, when when you hit the, when you talk about the high-pressing um, style and the way that they've, they've played so far this year, the summer months are ahead. You're not going to be able to do this nonstop. In, in right? The roster, Orlando. And, correct. You know, correct. Correct. So, the questions that I'm interested to see um, are... How, do they, how, how are they going to play? How are they going to respond in the heat of the summer? How are they going to respond when it's travel and playing three games in seven days when those things start to hit? Because right now those things haven't started to hit. Right. Right. So those are the realities that are coming down the line. Can they can they manipulate it? Have they been talking about it? I'm, I'm, I'm sure that's that's the case. But those are the real questions um, of how it's going to be, you know, from your 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 first, let's so-called say, 14 players that have kind of played the whole time, if you looked. Right. When those things start to happen, if you pick up injuries, you're playing three games in seven days in the heat of the summer, you're going to have to give some new fresh looks onto the field, which isn't a bad right. thing, but it's reality. And if those players, when those things start to get mixed up, are still finding success and confidence, 
watch watch out watch do, out so let me let me stay in this realm real quick then do you think that giving given that 14 players hopefully they push it to 15 16 players a little bit extra depth going into the heat and the grind speak to the fact that there's a lack of a dp uh lack of a designated player lack of a you, you know the typical uh, brought in in you know th th the last third of a career yeah. player. Do you think that that is a plus or a minus at this point, seeing how they're playing and the kind of the makeup of the team as it sits? I'm all about who it is. I'm all about whether they fit the group or they don't fit the group, because yeah. you can have a you can have a a great group of go pick go pick your best eleven. Uh, like your world's best 11. You sit at a table and write down your best 11. If you actually go put those players on a team together, right? there's no guarantee that they're going to play well together. And or like, have respect for yeah. each other or not fight the whole time because each one of them thinks they're better <laughs> yeah. than the next. Right? Ask PSG. Yeah. So it, exactly. <laughs> so it, it becomes, um, it becomes a, a, a locker room situation. The team is the, the teams. The coach puts the team together, but the locker room and the game, like that's the team's scenario so, so you have to fit i put well i was going down the line is in 2006 and 2007 in houston when we were there we won the mls cup in 2006 and 2007 i had a coach in dominic Kinnear that was not big on having a dp on the team because he didn't want anybody to be above the group yeah and it was we as a group he would ask us the questions in regards to, we're thinking about this player we're thinking about this player what do you think do we believe in what we have now currently or do we need to go try and make a a splash he never cared about the splash and the truthfully like the fans and all that he cared about if we won games and we were solid and we were a good team people were going to come watch us because we were winning not because of the names yeah that were, that were there so you, sounds like watching? sounds like a movie her brooks and <laughs> well believe yeah. right <laughs> yes but i was going to say are you ted lasso fan at all have you watched Ted? i lasso? watched i watched season one okay i've been have waiting you watched season two yet <clears throat> uh i've seen two i've I seen mean, one three sorry season three is out now and the storyline we're talking about is built into season three. So I'm not going to give anything away. It would have been funnier if you guys had listened but or paid attention to that show. But I'll well, just leave it alone. I don't fine. pay attention to uh, uh, shows that dribble out episodes because I'm, I'm a binge watcher. <laughs> no, so this that, one I was exactly, uh, that's exactly, I wait know? for them to be done and yes. then I'll binge watch it. Yeah, yes. Well, then let's do this <clears throat> right. in a couple months when you guys get through We'll do a season recap. two, season three. We'll recap and then we'll rewind this part of the conversation because <clears throat> there's not designated players in the EPL, but it is an interesting uh, concept that they kind of throw into this this new season. Well, I you telling the story uh, where Dominic's bringing the players the question. I'm telling you, it reminds me of the scene in the movie with uh, Herb Brooks, right? The U.S. Hockey oh, team. Oh yeah, when they where the, where doing lines you, forever. You know, the, if the the team w were pissed off that the guy came in to the. You remember yeah. that? Yep. So that's what exactly what it felt. That's exactly like. what it is. So so I think that you know it, the, you look at some of the teams right now that are struggling in the MLS. Uh, and specifically, if you get into any of the Twitter battles, which I don't know who does that, um, they'll point out <laughs> we're that's got to be Bertrand, right? He, he uh, well, you, you and you and our other co-hosts are, are prolific on the Twitter fights. Yes, that's okay. It's all out of love. But anyway, the point is, like, they're all bringing up these points that our DP's down or, you know, they're str they're struggling. And it just seems as if we, we don't have that issue yet. And, and I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of enamored by the whole concept because going into it with team, 
that was one of the comments that all of us kept on saying, like, who's the DP? Who's the DP going to be? You know, are you going to sell jerseys? Or are they going to really fit within the team? And they kind of squashed that conversation. Do you, it sounds to me like you're all for it. You, you kind of like how this thing is played out. Um, so I'm going to ask a follow-up question. Of the team right now, who stands out to you? Who, who do you really like? Who's, who are you surprised by? You know, what's your takeaways here five games in? I'm a big fan of Leuven. Ah, yes. He's good. I think he's, I think he's clean. I think he's, I say quiet, but it's more like a smooth. Mm-hmm. Like never, never feels like he's, um, I don't, don't want to say out of position, but he's, he's smooth on the ball. Like his passes over long range are good. His short passes are good. His tactical awareness is, is good. His set pieces are fantastic. Um, just seems cool, calm, and collected. Knows when to push the game, knows when to slow the game down. Um, he, I, I feel like he's just a big uh, anchor point in that midfield for them, and I've been I've been very very impressed with with his play so far. But I mean, you could honestly right now you could go down the line and 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 look at a lot of the a lot of the players. I mean, you you look at uh, one guy who's not getting a, a ton of love right now, but absolutely works his tail off from minute one till he comes off because he can't go anymore. Stroud. Yeah. yeah. Right, I mean, he causes so much, pro- so many problems out there, and he's not going to be a guy that's going to get a ton of love. But when you go track him and watch him, the work that he does, the um, the stuff that's not in the highlights or talked about, right. those are the intangibles that you have to have on teams. So when you're going through and talking about your designated players and stuff like that, you also have to have those types of guys. You have to have the dirty workers that aren't in the spotlight all the time. And this team has a few of those. And they, yeah, they're not going to get the love. But the only way to have a, a successful team is to have those type of intangible players on it. So, I want to bring up something, and I think it's 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 relevant to this conversation, and it gets back to your day job, which is you're now responsible for one of the most storied clubs in St. Louis soccer history here at Scott Gallagher. And there's been a lot of change with City coming in, mm-hmm. um, but you have a role now <clears throat> to develop players that are going to go on into other developmental leagues or college or pro has what city done and i don't want to get into the 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 x's and o's of academy and all that kind of stuff but has city had any impact on kind of the outlook for what type of development programs you guys are going to be kind of bringing back down to gallagher yeah, no, and I think it's okay to talk about. I think it needs. I think it needs to be talked about because sure. I think the more it's out in the open and understood, the real story is yeah. understood and believed. Yep. Like you know, peop, um, I don't want to say people, but I think there's a lot of misconceptions out there about how things have gone down or what it looks like or what it's supposed to be like. We couldn't be more supportive of St. Louis City. I couldn't be more happy to be a St. Louisan to have a team here in the MLS that's five and zero. I couldn't be happier to have a bunch of kids that have come from this club before I was here yeah. in the St. Louis City Academy. That proves and shows that the staff and the people here, how much they do care, how much they do believe, has, and how much they put their life efforts, truthfully, yeah. Yeah. into the development of the kids to be over there is something to be celebrated. So, and, there's, and there's times where it goes back the opposite direction of, um, oh, St. Louis City is going to take these guys or take these guys. Well, you know what? The reality is that the first conversation, one of the first conversations I had to have is Scott Gallagher is still an unbelievable club. But yep. the reality is that they're not the top dog in the market anymore. We're not. And that's okay. We're going through a change right now. But that doesn't mean we're um, 
we're, we're, we're not who we were or we're, we're not going to produce the same amount of kids or the same amount of players. It's a mind shift of saying we are now a developmental organization it's, of how do we work together yeah. with City yep. and even other clubs to make soccer in this community. I truthfully believe that we have an opportunity in the St. Louis market, in the St. Louis community, to be different than anybody else in this country. We have a deep-rooted history. We have the players. We have the structure. We have the park. We have all these places here. We have the people with the knowledge. Yeah. There's no reason that this this city should be should be held back because of the badge you have on your on your, on your chest. I love that. Yeah. So let's just say it now. Kansas City can go pound sand. Uh, thanks for joining <laughs> us today. <laughs> I, I want to dig in a little bit deeper on that yeah, because yeah, I think uh, I'm glad you 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 brokered the conversation. Yeah. And it's been something that every guest I think that we've talked about, there's been not two camps, but there's been the uh Gallagher apologists, you know, the ones that that know that Gallagher has had such an impact, not negating what any of the other clubs, Fuse, Sporting, uh JB Marine, Gateway, Rush, all those have had hey, as an impact. Yeah. I love what you said, though, that we have a unique opportunity in this region mm -hmm. to do something very, very unique. And it started many, many decades ago. But I think the, the culmination of having now a, a pinnacle of an MLS pro team at the top of that foundation that's been built for, for decades is something unique. And I think Gallagher has the opportunity to really capitalize on that. So can you talk a little bit about... Not a commercial for Gallagher. I don't think we. I don't think we need <laughs> yeah. that on this show. There's plenty of jerseys been that doing, do that. We've been doing that, but just talk a little bit, Brad, about your philosophy for development and kind of what what Gallagher is is really trying to focus on with the kids coming up. Yeah. So, first of all, we're fortunate enough to have a a, a guy like Kenny Godet. He's literally given his life yeah. to this club. I, I would put him up against anybody in the nation. Yep. I, I, I truthfully, truthfully would. From a yeah. grassroots level, um, it, that that guy's heart and soul, if you got to meet him, which you guys have fortunately had, but anybody that comes in, yeah. I mean, he is emotionally and physically tied to developing young soccer players, right? So some of the things that um, I've seen and I've looked at, you know, uh, trying to, to analyze this, it, we're not trying to recreate the wheel. Hmm. We're not, we're not. It's how do we get more kids in this environment um, as much as possible. So truthfully, since I've gotten here, it's looking at the entirety of the club, both boys and both girls. People tend to forget right. that we're, I'm in charge of both, not just one. Right. Right. So how do we look at the entirety of, of the club to, to make it good? We're talking about city and that connection, the philosophy, but the philosophy is about the kids, yep. not whether boy, girl, whatever. The philosophy is about how do we develop kids so what, the things that we've looked at is how do I get Kenny involved with more of the players in the club at a younger age? So now aligning both the boys and the girls programs that, you know, they get the soccer schools and they get um, uh, the different opportunities when some of the boys programs had it, but the girls programs didn't. So the alignment, the streamlining, the organization, the structure of those types of things are really um, what we've been focusing on over the last uh, year and some of the things that are, are continually slowly changing, not at the pace that I would like, but they're at least changing <laughs> um, and going in a positive direction. But the, <clears throat> but truthfully, the philosophy is hire good people. Yeah. 
Hire, hire people that, that truthfully care. Hire people that are, that are okay with developing a kid and passing them on because they, they deserve it. They need to be. People outgrow their coaches. They outgrow their coaches, right? They outgrow the environment. It's, change is sometimes good. It's okay. Yeah. Um, but some of the educational things I still think we need to do a little bit better in education, educating people on the journey that it takes to get from a youth to a high school starter, to a college player, whether D1 or D4, and right. then going into being a, an academy player um, in an MLS market and then a, into an MLS team. I had way more downs than there were ups, and I think everybody expects just a giant straight line trajectory when it comes to that. And we deal with it's their children, and right. I have three children myself. And when you're dealing with parents and your children, you will do anything that you can that you feel you need to protect them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and because parents, we are miserable. We are, we, miserable, we are miserable, and with. I put myself <laughs> so. in in that as well. But at the end of the day, I we have to have good people. We have to have the opportunity to have conversation. Yeah. We have to be able to have dialogue back and forth, right? And, and some of the things, I mean, we really could go into the weeds, and I am all about being transparent and talking about these things because until we talk about them, they're never going to be fixed. Well, let us let me ask you a quick question along the lines of parental mindset and you and the role that you are as the director of this club and having grown up in the community and played through here. Uh, and, and, you know, so many people involved with the club literally over generations at this point as a dad as a father of the club in per se how proud are you and how do you balance like your past memories and the successes of the players that have came through here to today where it's almost an every other day occurrence if not you know two three times a week uh where your kids from this club boys and girls continually are getting the call to uh, larger opportunities, be it academies, uh, ID camps with the U.S. national mm-hmm. team. Talk a little bit about uh, the hi- historic pride versus current pride, given the role that you're in today. I think the historic pride, <clears throat> this isn't to take anything away, the historic pride was primarily based on the, the uh, a boys' program. You know, the girls didn't have a professional environment to be able to go into, so there was not the those types of... Um, I guess you could say the the prestige or whatever for opportunities, for opportunities yeah. right? But I will tell you right now, if it was there, we would have we would have females doing the same thing, and and that to, so to your point now 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 we're getting into the generation of we have NWSL, we have you know the youth national teams, the youth women's national teams, extremely successful, right? And then it goes back to what I was talking about about coming in here and understanding the alignment and the structure of the organization to make sure that we have people going to bat for everybody here. Yep. Versus a small a small group, right? Right, and laying these things out and having conversations about it. So we say, okay, well, when we do this, what are we doing over here? How do we have these conversations? How are they the same? How do we get boys and girls into these national team camps? How are we training them? How are we developing them? What's our philosophy with those things? Right? What's our what's our coaching um, expectations? And actually setting a standard of saying this is what we're going to do because this is what has worked. And now with each and every new person that we've brought in, we've kind of checked the box on certain expectations that we have. So for me, it's been the organizational, the structural piece of things. The kids are here. The kids are going to keep coming out, right? It's You have to get the people that are willing to buy into the, the structural organization and the belief and the development at the same level 
um, to be able to continue to put kids out. And that's what you're seeing. That's what you're starting to see right now from our club and from our organization is yes, it is. There are a lot of kids coming out right now, but I don't, that shouldn't, that's not going to stop. That shouldn't stop. And the pride is, is unbelievable. Like I, I legitimately came back to do this job because it was this club and this organization from St. Louis. That's where I'm from. I grew up in, yeah. in this club. Like I have ties to this or I'm not here just to be here. Right. I'm here because I love this place. I love what they're doing. I believe in what it's done. I believe in the people that have um, laid, laid the foundation for it. And it's a responsibility for myself, I believe, as a St. Louisan to yeah. carry on that tradition. I've had the conversations with all the professional guys that are still playing currently right now of, you know, this is, this is a responsibility. When you guys are done and if you're looking to do something and you come back into St. Louis, yeah. call me. Yeah, because because there's a place. A, there's yeah, a, there's a special place, and there is a responsibility to carry on what people have have built for us here before. This is a special place for soccer. I keep saying a special place, like I sound redundant, but it truthfully, our environment. I think we get, I think St. Louis youth soccer in in our particular environment gets a little bit misunderstood. I think we don't realize how lucky we truthfully are. To be here and have the places to play, the organizations that we have here, the this uh, I mean, look at the park that we have for our kids to be oh, able yeah. to play, the environment. So our our the kids coming out of here, they're not they're not surprised by any of this stuff. They're used to playing it. They're playing I do, high levels. I do want to ask though, you know, I, I drove through today and the river's getting close. <laughs> <laughs> trust, trust me, I was already briefed I, on that I, one early this morning. I, uh, I saw that too. I'm like, oh, no, not again. Because we had Jim Mayher on uh, two weeks ago, last, uh, week. last week, and he talked about you know his time on the board and mm-hmm. just the gut punch every time that river rose up and had to redo the turf. And yeah, I feel like that's not metaphorical. I don't want to go philosophical here, but I feel like <laughs> I told you he was cerebral. No, I just <laughs> I, I, I think that the club has gone through so many changes. Yeah. And it's such a cool thing to hear about the alignment on the girls' side. We had Lindsay Eversmeyer on a, a couple months ago. Um, she is gung-ho on bringing an NWSL team to St. Louis. Yeah. You've got the alignment. It'll happen. Guaranteed. Yeah. I, 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 it's I agree. Yeah. And with, <laughs> with you know, the ownership of, of City um, and really pushing forward on female-led you know, elements, I, I, it's, it's just really cool to hear from Gallagher that that's a new, not new, you guys have always been doing this, but a focus on that. So I, I appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. Like that is 100%. That's, that is coming down. I mean, if you, you look at those things, female ownership group, yep. MLS in the city, you talk about Lindsay, like I would be absolutely shocked. That's one of the conversations that we have. Okay. We have to get aligned. We have to get structured. We have to get on the same page because we are now a developmental program. Let's be a little bit ahead of the game in, in our preparations before yep. that's announced rather than after that's announced. Yep. So that is part of <laughs> love it. Love that part of that process. So, so then moving forward with the club, um, you know, I, I, maybe this is just a really quick answer, but it sounds to me, it's like, it's a whole lot uh, more of the same because the same has worked, and you're you're really looking to uh, kind of develop the messaging into kind of this new world order to a degree in our backyard. Uh, but the one thing that stood out to me was your comment about you know feeder nationally. 
um, because you were talking about, you know, things will obviously naturally occur here within our market with City SC. But Gallagher has such a national reputation, you know, speak to, you know, kind of the vision uh, into regional national opportunities, be it collegiate or other clubs. You know, is there is there a game plan in place or is it more like, you know, it's coming because of the success that the club continues to produce? So <clears throat> I think that that one is um, I think that one's uh, tough to answer because now that we have an, uh, an academy, it's hard to tell like we're going to lo- we're, we're going to have players go to St. Louis City or to um, City 2 or to the uh, academy or the first team and things like that. Those those things are all going to happen. But I from a from a collegiate standpoint it's going to be interesting over the next few years to see where and this is specifically now to the boys side of like where where does high school soccer go right so it's going to be trying to navigate those things because it's not fun to talk about but now with academies (laughs) at 10 oh we know we know (laughs) 10 month programs right and and going in and now we have a team in our city that people get to like touch see and feel that's going to change the mindset of people and what they want to do and what their kids want to do yep right so now that's going to be more long term. Right now, it's still going to be a bit of a, a battle, but we have to see where does you know where does high school level go? Does that does that drop? Your Micklers, your some yeah. of the coaches that have been here for a long time are is it are are high schools going to be able to pull coaches in because they know what they're going into versus uh, years past Mickler and uh, Mike Vane and with Shamanad and CBC and then Desmet. These guys could pull. It was, it was a massive thing. When I grew up, I played out here at the soccer park in front of 3,000 people in a, in yeah. a high school finals, right? But now it's the land, we're in a, a changing landscape, right? So we have to see how long that's going to take, where that's going to go, regardless of whether they go to chosen for St. Louis City or whatever it is, we're still going to have players that are going to go. Collegiate. Yeah. Let me ask you one last question before we take a quick break. Um, because this con- this this uh, vein of this conversation came up in our in our chat with uh, Kalish, uh, Kevin Kalish, obviously from over over at SLU, and he was talking about the difference in mindset of a lot of the younger players that are moving into his ranks now, mm-hmm. and the there's a gap uh, not in talent but in competitiveness mm-hmm. because so many of the kids that are now in these developmental worlds. Uh, often do not play for something and you were just talking about you know the the role that high school played in your history you know my I I, I agree you know the there was always something to you you played to win there was a, a cup at the end that was the goal and that's not occurring as much at these levels so question is this um, the proverbial development versus winning team versus individual mm-hmm. you know how do you view that? Because that is the conversation that we're really talking about, where so many people are like, oh, the, you don't want to do the academy. You need that high school experience. And, well, if you're that good, you need the developmental experience for opportunities. Where do you fall on that on that matter? With development comes winning, in my opinion, right? So I think one of the things that needs to be understood is <clears> – <throat> which is a misconception is if I go win a high school uh, high school state championship or if I win a state cup, it's not the same as winning an MLS Academy conference or going to MLS uh, Next Fest and winning, 
right? Yeah. So you, they're two different environments. You can't expect to be six months in a high school environment training in, in one way with either sometimes, and sorry, there's only a few schools that have coaches that really train to a level in this environment. You can't expect to go from that environment into our club environment and get the same expectations. Like I'm coaching a U19 or U19 ECNL team right now, and I can talk about the mindset of the unrealistic expectations. It is real, yeah. and it is hard to deal with. Those, those real, honest conversations are hard are hard things <laughs> to have, especially with boys. They, you know, the, they come in, we want to win a national championship. However, I can't make it here. I can't make it here. I don't want to try. I can't travel here. I'm going to play at high school. Yeah. And I really uh, like I Freddie's custard yeah. and, you know, <laughs> all that other stuff. You can't, but your point about development and winning, yeah. you can't win without realistic expectations and without that development. So <clears throat> I'll tell you right now, if I had this team for six months that I'm coaching, right now and play in the league and we get to the final and or get to uh through our league if if we're lucky enough to make it to the playoffs and, and do something it would be fantastic but if i had this team for 10 months it would be a drastic difference yeah it would be a drastic difference on what what their game looks like what their mentality to your point in regards to kevin kalish about what their mentality is like right and what the expectation is if they want to go and play at the next level, because you can't fit that into a six-month, seven-month team. You're 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 trying to break habits the first two months, right? Uh, truthfully, you're trying to and, and set a standard about. So right there, you only have a couple months of real good training and playing with these kids. So to be able to take from one environment and put them into a different one and and, and expect them to truthfully understand it, that's that's difficult to do. So for me, on your question in regards to winning versus development, whatever journey that you want to take, I'm good with. Just have fun. <laughs> have fun, but have, re- but have realistic Real. expe- expectations. expectations. Yep. So, all right. I, I said one last question before break, but actually I have two, <clears throat> two quick ones. Uh, number one, Wikipedia said you like country music. Is that true? I love country music. Okay, so uh, Cody Jinx is a Texas boy. I played in honor of your years at Houston, so <laughs> that was that. Uh, number two, uh, you're a Scorpio. I am. November. November Same. what? November 8th. Who else is November 8th at this table, Zach? That would be me. Yeah. What November year? 3rd. What, what year are you? I'm 1990. Well, well, Seven. <laughs> I'm 96. I thought I was significantly Wait, older. <laughs> uh, and I graduated in 2000. So I, I got. You, I, I did that. <laughs> I got you by six years. So we won't. We won't go into the actual year count. But actually, you're on Wikipedia. I'm not. You know, so they can check you out and find out how old I am. Why don't you ask your partner, your cerebral partner, to create a page for you, man? I don't want a page. <laughs> Trust me, the Kansas City folk would torch it quickly. So. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. Here's a little Cody Jinx. Hey, everyone. JB here with Soccer Dad Pod. This break is intended to be both informative and an opportunity. Little did you know that we are accepting sponsors. Really. And as a sponsor of the show, you would get to talk to a demographic primarily consisting of parents, some soccer fans, and most definitely drinkers. Consider this an opportunity to let our listeners and social media followers know what it is you do and why you deserve some of their money. If interested in this incredible opportunity, 
just email us at soccerdadpod at gaslightstl.com. Now, back to the mindless banter. Now there, you down with this? Oh, absolutely. Can you name the artist? I'm gonna. No, I'm terrible at that. It doesn't matter what music it is. Like I could sing the words and the songs, yeah. but I couldn't tell you the artist a lot of times. Do you do you know this? Song? I'm also terrible with names on people too. Like if you walked <laughs> yeah. up to me, my name's Jared. Hi, James. <laughs> <laughs> I'll remember the story. Remember what we talked about, but the name, I'm so bad at it. No, I'm I'm with you. I actually had that conversation this weekend. But real quick, what I did was I let in here with a little Luke Combs, which there's a St. Louis tie there. But okay, the song is called Houston. We got a problem. Oh, oh yeah. See, there's not a lot of songs with Houston in it. There's no, but he Dean also Martin. played. He also played in Dallas. There's a crap ton of songs about. I know, Dallas. but there's way more Houston kind of love there. I wasn't gonna play a Kansas City song. No. Nope. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so speaking of names, so Brad, do you actually know like my whole thing, I or do. did you just look it up? So, where did I get drafted? Metro Stars. Okay, what number? You were number two overall, three overall. Sorry, uh-huh. third who, overall. Who is right before me? <sighs> we need Matt Baker on this episode. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not an encyclopedia. Another St. Louis. <clears throat> Was it Ralston? No. Come on, man. He's way older than me. Twelman. Yes. Yeah. Well, Ross. The reason I Taylor, said Ross Taylor, that big head, because Ralston has <laughs> second. He's got nice hair. And I can say that too. Yeah. <laughs> the reason I said Ralston is because you are the third leading assist in all of MLS. Yeah. Number two, Steve Ralston. Raleigh. Yeah. Yeah. I got so you talked about draft order. You were third. He Twelman was second. You're third on assist. Ralston's second yeah so uh a little story before uh we go in so about the draft i was actually <clears throat> perry vanderbeck st louisan yeah. he'll actually be in this weekend um he was uh with tampa raleigh steve ralston was in in tampa <clears throat> at that time when i was getting drafted i was actually going to tampa uh. so <clears throat> i was uh i was gonna be there so it was vanderbeck St. Louis guy, Raleigh, St. Louis guy, myself, St. Louis guy, Taylor got drafted second. He went to New England, St. Louis guy, Noonan, St. Louis guy, New England. Um, Right. But then Tampa ends up folding right before the draft. That's why I went to New York. Another, another, another great side little thing. I got drafted by New York. I was in Italy with the national team. My coach at that time from New York calls and was like, Hey Brad, I haven't seen you play, but we've heard great things about you. I'm sitting here going, "Wow, <laughs> <laughs> wow!" This but, this isn't pre-TVs, is it? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. But anyway, okay. so just this, the the whole St. Louis um, connection there, right? So they fold. Raleigh ends up going to New England. So you have Twelman and Twelman. You have Noonan. You have Ralston all from St. Louis on a team. And then when I was in Houston, we had myself, we had um, Will Bruin, we had A.J. Cochran, and we had um, Joe Willis. So it's like the St. Louis guys end up traveling and finding finding each other. So, yeah, the MLS Cup final in 2006 and 2007 was us against New England. So it was like St. Louis versus St. Louis all over the field. Kind of like. That's a tremendous segue there. Oh, yeah. Right? You know know where I'm going? I know where you're going. I know where you're going. This weekend, you have a K-1 
game coming up between the SLU University versus the Indiana University, which kind of has the same thing going on these days, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, really, is just kind of like a backyard battle, you it know, is. between these two powerhouses. Yep. Um, you know, Living Legacy, and I've mentioned this on a number of other shows, that is your guys' uh, endowment, your foundation here, in which uh, the club raises money through individual donors and, and, and corporate sponsors, partners. Uh, and you guys manage this fund to help kids play the game. I mean, that's mm-hmm. ultimately what it is. But you do it in the name, in honor of individuals that have been uh, associated with the club, played at the club, yeah. coached at the club, family members that have passed away due to old age and some horrible other reasons, and mm-hmm. you honor these individuals. So kudos to you, number one, in the club for continuing to do that. But talk a little bit about SLU IU game this week in Living, living Legacy mm-hmm. uh, at the at the park at what, uh, one, one, o'clock, 1 o'clock or 3 o'clock? 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock. Um, how, how does it make you feel? Following up that, that tremendous story of you guys in the 06 uh, MLS Cup Final, um, you know, a whole bunch of St. Louis guys on the field now in its own iteration in this super high-level college-friendly, it's the same thing. You know, how, how do you feel about that? And talk about the game, if you don't mind. Yeah, first of all, this uh, this this weekend and, and when we had the game last year, um, the game is a byproduct of the real situation. Mm-hmm. This this is more than a game, right? This is about community, right? Coming together, um, and that and and this is one of the, <laughs> for me, this is one of the most special parts about soccer. It it allows it allows you to bring people together from your community, and this is truthfully um, what it's about. This is a <clears throat> a represent a representation um, of of the history of people that have been a part of this organization, as 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 you mentioned. Um, and to be able to bring recognition and to be able to give back. And the fact that obviously Kevin Kalish, the head coach of St. Louis University, was with this club prior to me being here. So he obviously has, uh, he was a part of, you know, starting starting the program, being in this organization. Now, obviously, like, like I just said, he's the head coach of St. Louis University. So for for him to want to want to be a part of it is is awesome. It's a testament to who Kevin is and how he operates and the importance that he realizes um, that this is for this for the for the club, for the community. And, you know, um, the the IU the Yeagleys, the IU family, Robeson, St. Louis guys. But those guys, I mean, they didn't even think twice about it. So to be able to bring that team their team here last year, they had a, a, a bunch of people and, and families traveling um, and coming in. And, and you know, I just uh, I spoke to um, the team and the families before the game last year and, you know, bas- basically said that uh, we're, we're here for a game, but we're not here for a game. Yeah, we're, we're here to celebrate something that's way bigger than us. We're here to celebrate a legacy. We're here to celebrate why we're here, not what we're here for. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's uh, some people that hold special places in our hearts it's a moment to come back down to earth it's a moment to be um humbled a a little bit reflect a little bit of we have an opportunity to do something that there's certain folks now that that don't have that opportunity 
right? So what we do moving forward is a, is a representation of them. And when, and when we do it, we're going to do it to the best of our ability. And this is something for me coming back um, to the organization has been a major focal point. So wanting to bring this game here, wanting to bring this here and bring the families back and highlight them and say thank you and you're appreciated and we have not forgotten you. Just because you're on some signs around the park or whatever, that's not, that's not a real yeah. testament to what you truthfully are to us. So we have some other special things that are going to happen that I can't talk about just yet, but we'll go off the mic. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jim, Jim, Jim Mayer kind of spoiled some of it with Dog the unveiling of the wall, but yeah. he didn't go into detail. So I'm excited about that. Um, I, I think, Brad, you just kind of touched on something and, and I could see it in your face and obviously listeners can't, but this game also brings out a lot of emotion. Mm-hmm. And not just the community side, but the personal side. And, and off mic, we were talking a little bit about <clears throat> the relationship of the soccer dad. And that's yeah. the name of our podcast, ironically. <laughs> we, that's, we should trademark that. Oh, oh, it is. Okay, good. I've learned my lesson. Yeah, because I don't want to get into that battle again. <clears throat> but <laughs> Did you approve that through Casey? <laughs> I did. I made. I trolled them first. I made sure all of them didn't have all caps, the oh Soccer Dad pod, and that was the, that was the differentiation. Uh. No, I just think it's it's interesting because, you know, I had a, a, an interesting conversation with my son this weekend where, uh, and it was, it was quite intense, and, and he, he mentioned and called me out. <laughs> basically mm-hmm. and you know this show has been somewhat cathartic and and jb and jared have have poked fun at that with me and and we've had some good times around that but i think it's interesting because we have to be reminded and this is my hopefully little psa that our kids are kids mm-hmm. <laughs> first yeah soccer is just a thing they do and that's brad I'm, I'm quoting brad davis there and i'll let you 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 expound on that in a second brad but i think it's such an important element that is tied into to the living legacy because at yeah. the end of the day, we're just people trying to get by and soccer is just something that brings us together. And so, you know, when my son called me out and said, I just want to be known as your kid. And then I also play soccer as opposed to a soccer player who happens to be my kid. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk a little bit about that experience for you personally, meaning with maybe with your family or with your kids now and you can go in deep or, or, or shallow as you'd like but I think it's so important to hear from somebody your caliber about the struggles you had personally and, and who was around you to help and then how you're using those experiences to help you know the next generation your kids yeah so yeah we did we did talk about this a little bit and like I said at the beginning um I'm an open book I'm, I'm, I'm okay to talk about these things I think it's important to talk about it because I do believe that they happen a lot at the dinner table that <laughs> yes we don't want to talk about our personal lives yeah however this is truthfully something that is talked about on a daily basis um so uh, I, I i told you i didn't have the best of relationships growing up with with my dad it was revolved around soccer um and whether it was you know playing playing good or scoring goals or whatever it might whatever whatever it might be um but it was all revolved around soccer and that's kind of and you didn't talk when i was growing up you didn't talk about those things with your dad a whole lot right now it's a little bit easier to talk about it's open it's it's more of an open book it's it, mm-hmm. it's more publicly known that you can talk about your feelings and right. and things like that so i think that's why a lot of this stuff now starts to come out that the issues were there they just weren't talked about yep 
Um, so the fact that kids are, are okay enough to talk about those things, I think is a, is a good thing at the younger ages rather than I had to, it manifested for a long, long time, um, with me. And, and I kind of, I kind of finished it with you and this wasn't even that, that long ago is, you know, I, I truthfully, I'm known as Brad Davis, a soccer player. Um, and that's always the question that, that people ask and I had to stop and, you know, as I, I finally got to the point where I was just like, you know what? Yeah, I played soccer, but that's not who I am. Soccer is what I did for a living. Who I am is I'm a father of three kids. Yep. I'm a husband. I love the outdoors. I love to travel. Bow hunt, right? Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Wikipedia. Right? <laughs> but <laughs> but truth but truthfully is soccer was what I did. That was my job, and I loved it, but that's not who I am as an individual or as a human being. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> I told you I had kind of the same conversation of a come down to come come to Jesus with 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 my son. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and unfortunately, for my son, he, he's got a kind of a little bit of a spotlight on him, and I understand that too. And I had to realize realize that. And when <clears throat> when we came to the club, we, he was put into a situation that for for me was my mistake. And I had to talk to him about that. I had to own that. I put him in an environment that wasn't the best for him. Yet I felt that he'd be okay in it. Um, but it was more of me looking at it saying, no, you can do this versus listening to him and seeing him for what he truly is or wanted wanted to be. And we had to have this conversation, and he, uh, we, we put him into uh, a, a different environment, and he's happy. He's playing. We can talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we can, are you are you allowed have, to go on the trips? Again? We, we can have dialogue. But no, that was a, that was a true thing. When we had we had talked about it, you know, yeah. we had asked about, you know, hey, do you know I I understand your situation. Do you want to do you want me to go on this trip, or do you want me to take a step back and you go with mom on this one? And he said, Dad, I think it would be okay for this trip if, if Mom went with me. And it was a gut punch. It was hard. Yeah. yeah. But I also understood it. And I also respected the fact that we could have that open dialogue, and he could tell me that. So let's take two seconds then, because this is a perfect opportunity. <clears throat> um, kind of in the vein of the show overall, and, and Zach uh, mentioned it, the cathartic process. Along the lines of what you're talking about right now, just 20, 30 seconds of advice for dads that are overstepping their bounds. You in the position that you're in, having, I mean, you excelled at the highest level. You know the game. You know potential. But as a dad now that, you know, over the past 12, 18 months, it sounds as if you've had your own cathartic realization as to how you're handling it um, with your own children. Give 20 seconds worth of advice to all parents out there in how to communicate and, and manage your your child's presence or their expectations or their own, the parents' expectations in this sport? From a parental expectation? Yes. Enjoy the journey. Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't last very long, right? Um, I grew up still resenting my dad in certain aspects because of the things that happened to me when I was very, very young some of the things that that stay in there but you look honestly you could go look up any 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 player that's played professionally really in any any sport any coach that's coaching at the highest level um a, co a collegiate coach professional doesn't matter um 
and you ask them, what is it, what is it like for you to go watch your, watch your kid play? What do you do? Every one of them will say, I sit on the sidelines. I don't say a word. And I watch my kid play. (laughs) And that's coming from people that played at the highest level, coached at the highest level. Right. So if you can't listen to that advice, uh, you can't be helped because those are people that have been through the entirety of the process. And to be clear, like going through this whole process, these were just individual conversations behind the scenes with my child and things like that. But if I go to a game right now, you won't see me. You won't hear me say a single word. Yep. I'll laugh. I'll joke. He'll fall on his face and I'll smile and we'll joke about it afterwards. <laughs> I'm not yelling at him or screaming at him or this or that. Like I trust, you know, the process, the coaches, he doesn't play all the time. He plays when he needs to. And he's got to learn how to face the adversity just like everybody else. There's no extra expectations, but truthfully from that standpoint is going, you, it's fun. Your, your, your kid's doing something that he loves right now. He's supposed it's supposed to, he's doing it because he's, wanting to have fun yep he doesn't need any more they have enough pressure on them (laughs) they have enough societal pressure on them that they don't need anything else this is supposed to be an outlet so let's talk about that was a little longer than 20 or 30 no that's good i I but that's for me yeah i can say that because that's truthfully me yeah now whatever people want to take from that they're going to take from it and it's not going to change the world it's not going to change the entirety of the environment i i I think it's funny because we've pointed out on multiple times and we experienced it in our own trips when you do surround yourself you know you you talk about the the other players and coaches that you mentioned that you know what do they do when they go watch their kids they sit there and they watch right or they disappear and they watch but the 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 common denominator is they're they're generally quiet Mm -hmm. and we see that all the time you know when we're on the road and we're playing these other teams like the chicago fires etc the parents, it, it, it's not cheerleaders. They are, they're just sitting there watching, and it's almost like this elevated state. And it's like you see the fringe benefit of that is there's a comfort level around the sidelines in games like that. Now, it is fun to be at a game where everybody's cheering and having fun and encouraging when it's right. But if you're up 6-0, 7-0, quit cheering that that your kids just netted another you know things like that because it, it's not helpful but you got to remember that's a lot of that's a lot of people's firsts they've never been there before yeah. exactly they don't know what it's like so they don't think they're doing anything yeah. wrong which is under, under, understandable it, yeah it, sure it, it, I, it is i bring it to i i one of my least favorite activities and i get to do it <clears throat> this june is going to high school graduations. I, I, I hate, <laughs> hate, loathe. Your wife is an graduation. assistant principal. I know. I mean, that's I know, a problem. But my daughter's graduating, so I'm, I'll be at Chaffetz uh, in June. She's graduating. She's graduating. So, um, and but some people in that higher elevated state that you just talked about, JB, like on the you know the Chicago Fire, whatever team that might be, when the person behind them cheers for their kid. They look back with disdain, <laughs> I know. and I I want to go. You know, shut up. Let no. them ex- experience the joy. That might be the first kid from their their whole family to graduate. Correct. You don't know, and so I have to be a little mindful of where we are in this process. Um, and so I think there are different levels and there are different expectations. But Brad, I really appreciate you kind of going down that path because it's not always fun to talk about those conversations um and you know it wasn't fun for me to have that conversation <laughs> well let's they're, let's they're not fun but i want to ask you i want to ask you a very very different question you are you you, you said you don't want to be known as a soccer player you're a person first and you played soccer was there ever a time that 
ping pong might have been the thing that you really wanted to excel at. <laughs> this because man. I may have this man, <laughs> a little birdie who has told me that you really tried to be a good ping pong player and maybe didn't quite get there. Is that is that an accurate statement? <laughs> so listen, did, did we right. just All right. go that far down the escalator? <laughs> That's not. No, I, I love it actually. So, Let's go there. So from went to Chaminade High School. Um, I don't think this is the one you're talking about. I think I know what you're referencing, but I'm going to tell you anyways. So I was actually on my, uh, I played on my high school ping pong team at Chaminade. <laughs> Little known fact. Little known I'm, fact. I'll, I'll, now I'm going to add you, that you, to your you, wiki page. I, I know. Lo I lost in, was it, the, it was either the, the semifinal or final. So Chaminade has foreign exchange students. Yep. Right. So, um, we had a, a, a young, young gentleman, um, I'd say his name, but you wouldn't be able to to spell it out. Um, <laughs> but no, he was uh, he was a Japanese foreign exchange student, really really good. I ended up we were great friends in school, and it just so happened we uh, we met. And that he actually got me into the ping pong team because yeah. I was staying after school for practice. So when, before soccer practice, we could we could play right away. Um, so loved ping pong growing up. Loved it, so went on, played there, had a little bit of had a little bit of fun. So, all right, so I got to ask then your Chaminade experience, mm -hmm. which was a worse loss, the state championship final or your ping pong <laughs> semifinal? Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, we want to know. Oh man, <laughs> no, the ping pong one was uh, was tough. It was no, nah, it was I was I did not expect to even get to where. I got to, yeah, the state championship. I ended up losing to a teammate at SLU. Jason Cole scored the goal from Rockhurst yeah. against us in the final. Then we, went, then we went to school, and it was uh, together at SLU the following, the following year, and that was, that was fun. We've heard those stories, too, like um, from, from Coach Baker. He talked about how Duran and uh, I think Dave, Dave, Dave Fernandez. Fernandez played against each other and then had to play <clears throat> with each other at SLU. Yeah. By the way, that story came from a guy named Shady, on your your Houston Dynamo team, aka Mark Sherrod. So <laughs> oh, Mark, are you kidding? So right now? Mark Sherrod, I just mispronounced his name. Mark Sherrod. So he probably uh, never told you he never beat me. No, he did not go that deep. No, he didn't care. He just cared that you lost in that particular so, match. Yeah, and in so all fairness, so I reached you go out. into any like MLS <laughs> like locker room, yeah. ninety nine percent of them are gonna have ping pong tables. Yep. Sure. Right? So we you play ping pong all the time. That's one of the things. That's one of the things you do. But yeah, with 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 Houston, I was I was I was up there. Guy, I will tell you, who's really good at ping pong. You might not know this. It's Lutz. Oh, I could see that. I mean, he's what a seven continent player. He's been around a lot, a lot of locker rooms. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the one of the first times like he came in, we were we were talking in here. The, the table was out. He was like, "You want <laughs> to have a game?" I fancied myself a little bit. <laughs> Now is he a backhand player or is he a forehand player? Um, he was a backhand. He's a slicer. He's gonna wait for oh, you to make a mistake. He's just gonna outlast you. I like that. Which is exactly the opposite of his playing style. His team's playing style, right? <laughs> yeah. He's he's more park the bus and wait for a counter. That's that's kind of how he played okay. in ping pong. Yeah. In ping pong. Wait, wait, for, wait for the other team to make a bad back pass. And I love it. Get after it. I love it. <laughs> let's let's go into another area that is not soccer. Um, your uh, philanthropic endeavors historically, and again, I'm going off your wiki page here, uh, Branded Brigade Vets. Yeah, man. Let's, all right, so the eyes just got a little big here. You can't <laughs> see that on the microphone. But, um, you know, 
just put it out there. What 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 is the org? Uh, yeah. And and uh, you know what do you got, what do you guys do for the the vets and the disabled? So um, this started back in 2006. We moved from San Jose to Houston. Um, my my cousin uh, in the military. Um, and to be totally honest, a lot of people don't know this. If I didn't have soccer, that's where I would have been as well. Um, but he uh, unfortunately um, was hit by an IED. Uh, while I was playing, and it was just one of those things that got a call in the middle. He was like my best friend, like one of my best, grew was, up. Was he in Iraq? Yes. Yeah. Um, so growing up growing up together, it's just uh, family, uh, you know. Um, that, that happened. You get a call in the, in the middle of the night. He was being flown to Germany um, at that time, and the word on the street was he's probably not going to make it. Um, so he is uh, fortunately still alive to this day. Doesn't doesn't look the same, but I actually have learned um, a lot from him. You see him, and he is the happiest, smilingest, four fingered, <laughs> one ankled. It's crazy. Blessed light, like it's unbelievable how he has an outlook on life after all the things that he uh, he he's been through. It's it's pretty remarkable. Um, but that started, so in 2006, so all this was, was hitting, thinking I'm, you know, going to lose my cousin and uh, I'm sitting here playing a sport for a living. Um, reflection moment, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So, um, we're in Houston, Texas. They love their military. I, I heard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they, Just they a little love, bit, they right? They love their service members there. Um, and uh, I had other family members that have that have been in the service um, at different times as well. Um, I, I had other another cousin that was in that was serving as well. But so I'm sitting there going, what 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 can I can I do anything? Uh, I'm here playing a game. My cousin's in Germany, blown up. Don't don't know if he's going to wake up tomorrow or or not. Um, and just decided to go to the president of the organization at that time and and, and said, hey, can we do like a military appreciation night? Can we do something? Um, can I get four tickets to a game and, you know, call, go down to Ellington Field um, that, that, that was down there and create some relationships? Can I get four tickets for some service members that yeah. grew from four tickets um, um, to uh, a game for our military appreciation night to turning into every single game? I had a small section of military members that I get to bring to a game for well that was like two years um our military appreciation nights grew exponentially and it was just an unbelievable experience to have all of them in the stands during the games and get to meet and greet on a personal level i the the best part of that night for me was not the game yeah right it was after the game getting right. to shake hands and say hi and you know say thank you truthfully that was the moment that i realized thank you yeah um because i have somebody back home that I don't know if they're going to pull through or not. So again, we talk about bigger than the game that there was a game there living legacy game. There's a game going on. Right. But that's not why I wanted to show up that night. Yeah. Living legacy is one of those things I was here last year. And I think that, um, the game was phenomenal. I mean, right. It, it, these kids are the best at what they do at that level. Um, but what I loved watching was just kind of being, you know, back to the wall, Watching the families that were being uh, remembered, appreciated, mm -hmm. you know, the amount of handshakes and hugs. And it was like, 
that was all occurring during the game too. Yeah. So, you know, the, the the real show was definitely on the walkway. Yeah. So I it sounds to me that uh, branded brigade and what you did kind of like did, did that help just kind of keep a gravity on your career so yeah. that you you always you know assuming that you probably woke up in the mornings or at night or whatever and like thinking about your cousin and knew uh, there's more to it did it did it help your game absolutely it did um so just to like to to wrap that up we went from from that into had uh, an organization reach out to me that I love the outdoors I love hunting primarily military folks love the outdoors and and in hunting and getting out as well well I had we we took a group of uh guys talked to them we took a group of uh four guys duck hunting down there um and it turned into like telling stories back and forth no soccer soccer was not involved no whatsoever they they, yeah. whatsoever right um it turned into the the human level yeah they're military men but a human level conversation of you know talking about brotherhood talking about family talking about really what it means to care for somebody and have somebody's back mm-hmm. yeah there's a there's a big difference there's between a, <laughs> a lock a soccer locker room and foxhole in a rock dune um, with with 80 v i don't have to dodge ieds on the soccer right. field no. right. um so it was just really down-to-earth conversation but we went from that <clears> to ended up turning it into banded brigade outdoors which we took uh, about 20 service members a couple times a year to helping about a thousand a little over a thousand service members get into the outdoors rehabilitate them and the lever- level are the letters that we got and the conversations this is like real human level stuff about you know talking about i didn't know if i was gonna make it i didn't know if i was gonna suicide's a big thing oh yeah and sure the the real conversations about how we were able to help people get through some really difficult times and that's what i'm saying you talk about soccer is what we did but that's not who we are right we're humans first man yep we're humans first. Yeah, so I, I love it. Look, group hug, guys. You can't see it on them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, that's awesome, Brad, because, you know, it's it's one of those things that um, most people, when uh, they think of individuals like yourself, um, on on shows just like this, that it's that, – that, that, we get into the weeds of the statistics and the teams mm-hmm. and, you know, we, hell, we haven't even mentioned the Gold Cup, right? Um, you know, things like that. And I, I think hearing your take on the why, you know, the, the triggers and the relationships that were not wearing the same color, only a different number on the field with you, those individuals and their effect on you. That's important. So kudos to you. Thank you for, you know, not telling us no. <laughs> but a. So, yeah, A, B, uh, actually showing up, too. We appreciate you, B, yeah. But uh, no, good on you, man. Uh, I love that. Now that I said that, I do want to know about the Gold Cup uh, experience, though. because Gold Cup or World Cup? Uh, or no, both. PK. Well, you know Gold what? Cup PK? I tell you what, he I'm was just, a wiki guy. I, I, I'll, I'll just, I'll just, <laughs> I'll hit mute, and you just start talking. <laughs> Either one of them. No, um, 05, I believe yeah, it was. That's a Gold Cup. Gold Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember watching that. I, re- I was living living here. I had uh, a young one, actually a newborn, and I wasn't connecting the dots. I knew you were a St. Louis guy, but I wasn't really connecting the dots, and it wasn't until. Recently, probably last year, when you know, walking around, seeing you around here, saying hi, etc., it was like this ding, ding, ding. Like, fuck, I remember where I was when y- you made that PK. Uh-huh. Tell, tell, number one, tell people 
the game I'm talking about, and two, let's forget about regular time. Let's get let's get to the extra time and <laughs> PKs and mm-hmm. and walk through that experience for us. Yeah. So 2005 is uh, when I went from. So can I go back just a quick second? Absolutely. So first first year, you want to talk about not knowing what the hell is going on when you're a young kid going in the professional ranks. So here's a, here's a story for people to realize that it's not a straight trajectory. So I'm supposed to go to Tampa. Two teams fold the year that I go into the draft. So I'm like, okay, hopefully this league's going to be around, right? Nobody knew <laughs> right. what was going on. <laughs> yeah. Go to New York. I'm there for a year. Get traded. And Bob Bradley comes into New York. He trades me away to um dallas i go to uh so yeah i'm in new york for one year i go to dallas um i have a coach there for one year he gets fired and i get a second coach i get traded to san jose right so i go to um san jose and i have another new coach by the way bob bradley was the next national team coach so this kind of right Full full circle. (laughs) Full circle. So I was not in the national team picture. Let's just say that for a little while. Bruce Arena was the coach prior to that. So Bruce Arena was the coach during the 2005 cycle. Um, But when I went to San Jose, I had a really good, I had a coach that believed in me, played. We were in California. Like I had a really good season um, and got the opportunity, got called into the national team, got called into the Gold Cup. So went through that process or whatever. One of the, one of the, most amazing experiences um, of my life. We get into the Gold Cup. We get to the final play. I believe it was. I believe it was Panama. Yeah. Um, so uh, we go. We go to. <laughs> we go to penalty kicks. Just so happens that I'm the last guy to take it. it. Gets down to if I score, we win. If I if I don't, they get to go. Yeah. No pressure. Counter right. right. Um, so. Um, and the, the cool part is, is, uh, after the fact, there was a little video that came out and Bruce Arena was thrown out. He got, he was suspended for that game. So he's up in the press box. Uh, yeah. And, uh, there's a video that somebody sent me that when I was walking up, he goes, oh, this shit's over. This kid can smash a ball. <laughs> so it was really cool. Like I'm walking up and he says it on the video. Um, that's awesome. But, uh, walk up, score the penalty kick, gold cups over stands are filled or whatever everybody's standing right there um go over to the sideline and celebrate like and all the the rest of the team is coming running there's a picture like i think it was the following day and espn or something like that and i'm standing there like celebrating i'm holding the cup up on and at the table nobody can see this right now but whatever yeah um and the rest of the team is coming up but it was like such a surreal moment so i w- that game was in the afternoon and then i flew Back to St. Louis. We had a few days off before I had to uh, report back to San Jose. Coach let me let me go home. So I go home. I see some family. I see my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife today. And we're sitting on the couch that evening at her house, eating dinner, watching the highlights. <laughs> you're, you're eating <laughs> emos and P-Rabs. <laughs> well, awesome. Watching the highlights of the Gold Cup uh, winning penalty with, with your national team. I mean, not, I, I, not a bad gig. I mean, like... Do, have you have you ever experienced a moment where it's completely surreal where you're like holy shit I did that or that was me whether it's seeing the highlights on TV like that you know in this particular story which is crazy by the way or in retrospect do you do you look at you know the the accolades and I'm sure you you know you have that wall or that room or whatever with your stuff do, do you ever like 
like have uh, internal pride? Do you ever like get really excited about those experiences? To be totally honest with you, no. You just want to go hunt. I just want to <laughs> be dad. I, I, I want to be a dad. Yeah. I want to be just like, I don't want to say I want to be just like her, but the, the accolades, I'll tell you right now, I have jerseys, trophies, all that shit. Yeah. It's still in my basement. Yeah. Right now. There's some things that I have out for sure. There's some things that I have out, but I, uh, it's just not something, it's about the experience. It's not about the material stuff at the end of it. You know, it's about remembering some of those things, but those types of things, like the, the experience is what all I need to remember. Right. Well, I, the feelings are all I need to remember. The material stuff that you hang on your walls for other people to come in and see. And I yeah. never cared about, <laughs> right. truthfully, I never cared about those things. Like when you guys met me, I didn't walk up and start talking about, hi, I'm Brad Davis. I did this, 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 Six this. time in the <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, he, he walked up and I'm like, hi, I'm J.B. Anderson. I'm Beckett's dad. <laughs> <laughs> I do. No, but seriously, like I never, I, I never really. Right. So you uh, went from the Gold Cup in 05 and then you played in the, 2014 World Cup. Yes. Were you thinking about some of those times when Tim Ream got called up? From going that, there's Par- a, yeah. a long there's a parallel gap. there. There's mm-hmm. a long gap between that Gold Cup and you starting in the World Cup against Germany. Yeah. So Timmy was 35, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was he 34, 35 this past right. cycle? No, 30, 32. He was quoted as 30, 35 in the joke. Yeah, 35 is like that. Yeah, Pep yeah. said something like, oh, if you were younger, or if you were younger. Yeah, so I went, well, the bottom line is I went when I was 33. Yeah. So when I see Timmy doing that, absolutely, you think about it. It's like, good good on him. Like, the the age is, is a number thing. That kid still had an environment that he could still go thrive, and he freaking did amazing with it. And look what happened. He's still playing. He's got another right. contract with Fulham and he's the captain of Fulham. And so for those things like going into that World Cup, when you ask about a surreal situation and thinking about, <laughs> did I do that? I still wake up every day asking myself, did I really get to do that? Because <laughs> yeah, when, when I stood, people say, hey, you know, tell me, what was it like? What was it like to play, you know, in the World Cup and start against Germany? Germany. Right. It's so I can't explain that to you. Yeah, <laughs> I really truthfully wish I could explain that to you, but I cannot explain what it felt like standing there listening to the national anthem in a World Cup as one of 11 people <laughs> representing your country playing against the folks that won. Okay, so birth of your first child or the national anthem in <laughs> the World Cup. <laughs> I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna be honest, Brad. <laughs> well, the, the funny thing is, is when uh, when my wife was uh, giving birth, I we we played the national anthem, so we kind of oh, uh, there oh, that's uh, <laughs> that is a Swiss answer if I've ever heard of. One. Was, what's also crazy too is you were the ninth player from St. Louis to play in the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Since then, there's been two others, so we've had eleven guys from one town and that all had some tangential relationship well, not all i shouldn't say that most have had some tangential relationship to this club mm-hmm. which is that's just insane to me i know we've said it a thousand times but it, there's something and i'm kind of bringing this back full circle because that's why it's so hard for me to understand sometimes people don't enjoy the process right it, it, it really it, truthfully it is, is it is and every guest we've had has debunked that linear concept over and over and over again. Yet still, we have 
constant conversations about it with people. And the fact that you still have to bring it up means you're having those conversations too and still trying to educate people <laughs> on it. Fun fact, and I know we're, we're coming to an end, but every team you played on in the MLS had a name change or a city change. Mm-hmm. That's crazy as well because the Metro Stars Thanks for dating me. are now the Red Bulls. No, no, but it's, it's just an interesting thing about how that league has evolved as yeah. well. Because ML, uh, uh, that's actually something that I tell people when they say, "Has the league changed?" I go, "Well, the fact of the matter is that I haven't had a team that still has the same name yet. Will probably tell you something." Yeah. Dynamo yeah. still does, but they were an expansion. Yeah, it's no, just, they it did. Just... They, they did not, though. What's that? So Metro Stars are now the Red Bulls, right? D- uh, Dallas Burn, yeah, is now F- FC Dallas. FC Dallas, yeah. San, o- San Jose Earthquakes went away, but they right. came back. Yep. Right. Yep. So, but then we went from San Jose to Houston. Houston. We got to Houston. We oh, were not, you were the not Dynamo. Dynamo. That's right. This is this is a trivia question. Oh, I, I did see this, and I can't. Well, and you're a trivia uh, MC. You I should know, know these things. I know, man. I know, I know, I know. But I can't. I so it was, we were we were Houston, eighteen thirty six, and that did not go over well because of the Alamo and all those things that went down. <laughs> uh, so they immediately had to change the name to the Houston Dynamo. Well, there were a lot of other things I read about the Metro Stars. One of Nike wanted you guys to be the Metro Flash. Did you know that? And that the Metros, Metro Stars, was a media group. It had nothing to do with the Metropolitan. It just all kinds of crazy trivia about the MLS. I find fascinating. Most people have just went, fell out. But yeah, so now I, Dynamo is Dynamo FC. Yeah, makes sense. Then my last year was with our I-70 rivals and sporting Kansas City, but they were still sporting at that time. But they were the Wizards for They were the Wizards before. The Wiz, ugh. Yeah, okay, so we saved this to the very end. Let's talk about your your time at uh, the soccer capital of... <laughs> I can't even say it. I can't say the full statement. <laughs> we were joking about it earlier. Uh, you asked if we had seen the... Listen, TV. I gave you guys some ammo before this all started. Yes, we have it. And trust me, people, you it will, will be see used. this bullet often. <laughs> I am repacking that shell a lot. Um, talk, talk, talk about the rivalry. Talk, talk about this whole narrative. Uh, just l- let's have some fun. Opin- yeah. Opinion uh, time. Kansas City is now suing independent podcasts because they use the term soccer capital in their podcast and they have the billboards and they put it on the side of their big flashy building out in the suburbs in the parking lot. Um, and we just spent a good hour and 20 minutes plus uh, talking about St. Louis's pedigree, your experiences as a St. Louis player and everybody that we know within these circles. Is there I- even a debate? This, this soccer capital of America thing. Wait, you know, when you hear that, how does it make you feel when they want to claim it? Truthfully for me? Yeah, no, I'd rather you lie and bash <laughs> them really, really bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really don't put much thought to it because the truth of the matter is it's been, it's been here. It's been said what I showed you guys before this. It, it's, I, think it's so, I think it's something that's good. I think it sparks conversation. I love it. I think it sparks conversation. I think it um, gets people more engaged. It brings more talk around soccer. It builds the rivalry even that much more. It builds the excitement even that much more. Um, but the the truth of the matter is, is it St. St. Louis has been that and always will be that. Yeah, I mean, you know, we don't have to trademark it. I, I was actually know. joking with somebody in the lobby the other night on at this tournament. Um, 
what is it, th- uh, 34 game season? Is that right? Uh, MLS? Uh, yeah, MLS. How many games in a season? You'll 34. 34. 34. Okay. Yeah. If we went 33 and one and then completed out and won the cup, right? And that one loss was to Kansas City, I would still say not good enough, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's how I feel about this thing because I just. <laughs> I'm a nerd about it, I guess. I, well, I need therapy, Zach. The rivalries, well, <laughs> we've known that for a little while. Um, <laughs> but I think the rivalries are good. I think anything that brings a spotlight to the game, to people who may or may not be interested, is good. Not bad press, necessarily. But if somebody's on Twitter watching this drama play out, they're like, what the hell are they talking about? And they click on something, and they maybe watch that game, Sporting KC versus City. Yep. In in May, great. Mm-hmm. You know that's so. To me, it's all positive. <laughs> it's just, just it's a little sad. And by the way, if you go on Twitter and you search for this stuff, you think I, there won't be a tifo at the game talking about this? Oh my god, the tifos are going to be amazing. But <laughs> I I can't wait. But what I haven't like seen, the, the, I, what I haven't seen, is any response from anyone from Kansas City. Well, other than somebody going, "Oh, you're dumb." Like that's. Like that's the level. Oh, that we've you know got. what I got the other day. You could. Why are you guys so insufferable? Yes, that. Yeah. I don't know. Why does your mom hate you? <laughs> <laughs> I think that was my official reply. My favorite though. I got. I got. I got to end on this because Klaus was interviewed, huh? and he said they oh, asked yeah. him how about his determination, and I know the quote was probably translated. But he said, yeah, Yeah. either your mom's going to cry or my mom's going to cry. And I never want to see my mom cry. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. So, yeah, Kansas City, it's on. Yeah. Brad, awesome, dude. Thank you. Thank you very much for your time. Anytime. Appreciate Um, you having me. Really uh, good luck this weekend at the game. We will actually be in Bradenton, so otherwise we would have been here. Um, Good luck with Living Legacy. Uh, Let us know. Get me the information on uh, the the other uh, work that you're doing. I'd love to share that out there. If you guys are doing your thing, keep it going. Uh, Happy to support. Um, But at the end of the day, congratulations on everything up to this point. And now your job is you got three kids. (laughs) It's their time to shine. Uh, You'll do fine. You, you, You get it. You've been there. So, uh, Zach, thank you for bringing in copious notes and uh, keeping us on the rail for the most part. Um, I was at, I'm, I was impressed, Zach. That was thanks, good, man. Appreciate that it. That was good. Thanks. He, he's usually he, he's on point. We the us other two, we are not on point. Um, <laughs> and Jared sends his regards, by the way. Uh, he has a, a real job, yeah. um, and so he couldn't couldn't make it today. But <laughs> he, he's happy that we're we're interviewing you. So. Did, so, Jared, did Jared give you any stories about our, our, our games back in the day? Well, y- yes. And his, it, according to him, he would have made all five PKs in <laughs> 05. Um, you know, he never lost. Oh, no. With his weak no, foot. No, no he's, he actually was like uh, uh, over a 1,000% a win percentage in his career. I don't know. It's amazing. <laughs> Only Jared. <laughs> <laughs> hey, people. Uh, give us give us a follow. Um, we we appreciate you making it this far because you know we just do. We're the, we're thankful individuals. Very. Um, Brad, good luck the rest of the season. Appreciate it. Uh, we'll be in touch. And uh, Zach, I'll see you soon. Yes, sir. Bye, guys. Bye.